This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Spiritual discernment. What is it? Is it a gift? Is it something we achieve? Today, Tim Challies, the author of The Discipline of Spiritual Discernment, is on the show answering those questions. But before we get started, I wanted to ask if you have visited graceenoughpodcast.com. There are two tabs on the website that I believe you will find helpful. One is show notes where you will find quotes from each week's guest, in addition to books they recommend, scripture passages they've referenced, their personal social media links, and more. The second is the resources tab. There you will find links to resources I recommend for spiritual growth, parenting, prayer, for children, and more. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do so. I think you will find it encouraging and helpful. Today, Tim breaks discernment down into simple terms, all while speaking to the heart of the Christian, encouraging us to commit to the long haul of the Christian life. Listen to what Tim has to say about growing in the knowledge of God and discernment. God gives us all we need through the Holy Spirit and through Scripture. So if we're really committed to being discerning, really committed to growing in wisdom, really committed to growing in maturity. He's given us all we need. So if we apply ourselves to Scripture as we read it day by day, as we hear it in church, if we apply ourselves to uh, growing in our knowledge of God, coming to know Him better, uh, I, I think He grants us that gift. We can pray for that gift. We can pray for discernment and probably should. After today's episode, I hope you walk away with a better understanding of discernment and how we grow to become more discerning in our day-to-day lives. Good afternoon, Tim. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Grace Enough podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Will you take a minute and introduce our listeners to yourself and tell everybody a little bit about what you do? Sure. I'm Tim Challies. I live in Toronto or just outside Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm married to Aileen. We've been married for 21 years, and we've got three kids. We're 13, 16, and 19 years old, and I'm a writer by trade. I also pastor on a part-time basis, I guess, at Grace Fellowship Church here in Toronto. So you have three teenagers at home. How is that? That's good. I've got two at home. One's off at college, so we've got uh, one who's in her final year of primary school, one who's in her final year of high school, and one who's in his second year at college. So I'm all over the place. That's true. Just a lot of transition coming up, too. With So you have one who's going to be graduating this year. From high school, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, two and one from primary. It happens so fast. Mine are almost 10, 7, and 3, and it just feels like the last three or four years even have gone by so, so fast. So I can't imagine what it gets like or what it's like when they continue to get older. It's it's kind of sorrowful, but it's amazing because I love older kids. And as mm-hmm. much as I enjoyed the little kid phase, there's such joy in having grown up kids or growing up kids and learning to be friends with your kids is really the joy of it is 
when you realize this, this kid's cool. I'd hang out with this person, even if he wasn't my child. It's just, this is just a good person to spend time with. So there's, there's real joy in that. I love that. That's good to hear sometimes when I still am dealing with a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who I actually, thankfully, three-year-olds can also be quite a bit of fun because they put a smile on your face so much. Because if not, whew, it'd be some really long days. Yes, it would be. And people like to scare you with, oh, well, someday there'll be a teenager and all that. I've found having teenagers, even having teenage girls, just a delight, despite people trying to scare me from the day they were born about how awful these years would be. It's been a true joy to have teenage girls. Oh, so, what an encouragement. Uh, yeah, I hope so. It's it's been a joy to me where I was maybe approaching it with some trepidation. I think that's that's so far has been unnecessary. Now, do you have all girls? My uh, firstborn is a boy, and then okay. two girls. Well, so I invited you to be on the show today because so many conversations and themes of conversations in my life recently have been regarding discernment. And since you wrote the book, The Discipline of Spiritual Discernment. I reached out to you to ask for some insight. So let's get started and let's just start really simple. What is discernment? Yeah, it's used in a lot of different ways, but if we're thinking specifically in a Christian context and a spiritual context, then I guess discernment is just the ability to separate truth from error and right from wrong. So mm -hmm. the ability to tell what is true as opposed to what's false and then on an objective level, and then on a moral basis, the ability to distinguish what's right and what's wrong. What's the right thing to do before the Lord and what's the wrong thing to do before him? Mm -hmm. Well, and how, as a believer, as a Christian, how does someone go about obtaining discernment? Yeah, um, generally not by reading discernment websites. That's a new thing that's been going on mm -hmm. where there's a certain brand website called discernment sites. And generally, I don't think they are really instructing people well in discernment. I think discernment comes primarily by spiritual growth, just by Christian mm -hmm. maturity. So the path to growing in discernment is following the path of the Christian life, which is growing in our knowledge of God and growing in our relationship with God. It's that long haul. So uh, there may be some people, I think there are some people who are especially gifted with discernment. So even if they're perhaps immature Christians, they still have some heightened ability to distinguish truth from error and right from wrong, but generally that comes with growth, with maturity. So there's no real shortcut to it, just right. growing as a Christian. Yeah. Well, and, and so many times people have, or I've ended up in conversations with people about wisdom and discernment. Are the two synonymous? I don't think they're synonymous because mm -hmm. books like Proverbs call for two different things, one wisdom and and one discernment. So I don't think they're synonymous. They're certainly related, though. Uh, you shouldn't expect to be discerning if you're not wise. And if you are wise, you should expect to be discerning as well. So I'd say they're parallel and related paths, but they're not exactly the same. That said, I'm not sure the Bible gives us an exact definition of each or an exact distinction. It tells us that um, wisdom is the knowledge of the Lord, so knowing who mm -hmm. God is and what he demands of us. Discernment, then, I guess, is just comparing that to the evil alternative and being able to separate the two. So I'd say very related, closely related disciplines. Yeah. Well, and is there a danger in acquiring, you know, lots of wisdom without discernment? Because I think if you think about it from maybe a non-spiritual perspective and just constantly wanting more and more wisdom, does that just become more of a, you know, I'm just acquiring information or knowledge? Can you have one without the other? 
Yeah, I don't think it really is possible, though I suppose one of the conundrums of the Christian life is how some people who are so godly in some ways can be maybe naive in other ways. So I think we both know people who love the Lord deeply and have followed Him for a long time and still don't seem to have really developed the kind of spiritual discernment we might expect. Mm. Uh, They're still drawn to really silly books or really strange theology. So I guess it does happen. So maybe some people can be wise without really growing a whole lot in discernment. But generally, I think the two would go together. Um, that a lack of discernment would genuine, generally prove a lack of wisdom as well, I, I think. I don't know that the Bible gives us the, the clear formula there, but it yeah. certainly does relate the two. Yeah, well, and I think about the life of Solomon and, you know, what he prayed for and what God generously gave him. But then at the end of his mm-hmm. life how he kind of squandered that away a little bit. And so if you can talk a little bit about how that's not necessarily the lack of discernment, but instead he kind of got caught up in the way of the world in acquiring more stuff, or do you have anything to say to kind of what happened in his life? Yeah, Solomon is a mystery. And (laughs) for the man who um, wrote so much about wisdom and proved his wisdom in so many ways, yet ended his life or got close to ending his life anyways, depending what you do with Ecclesiastes and all of this, Mm -hmm. um, got got so close to utter destruction by the end of his life. It's very hard to know what category he fits. And, you know, without being too wishy-washy about it, I I do think there are some people who don't fit our neat categories. Yeah. And he may be one of them. But what happened at the end of Solomon's life? Clearly, he pursued the things the Lord told him not to. So he he was unwise, but maybe he knew that he was being unwise and did it anyways. Maybe his discernment was still in effect, but he just didn't care. And mm. it was more disobedience and lack of discernment. But we're just not told. It's one of those great mysteries that I hope the Lord lets us into a little bit in eternity, because I'd be fascinated to know how right. a man of such wisdom could become so foolish. And I, I think he did turn back to wisdom at the end, if you read Ecclesiastes yeah. that way. It certainly seems that he had some breakthroughs by the end of his life, if you grant that he is the author, or at least the one behind it. Yeah, well, and I think sometimes, and you may or may not agree, that we can become so distracted by the things we acquire. Um, in his mm-hmm. case, chariots and horses and stables and you know, on and on that it does cloud our wisdom and discernment because the more, and I don't mean just stuff as in possessions, but certainly the more things you have to care for, the more your life, I mean, it's, it just becomes cloudy. It does. Yeah. And God specifically told the Kings of Israel not to accumulate women, wealth, or the weapons of war. Mm. Um, In all three ways are supposed to be sexually pure. And then when it came to uh, the military, they were supposed to rely on God. When it came to wealth, they were not to hoard it. They were to be dependent upon God and to be generous. And yet Solomon was known for his extreme wealth, his great number of wives, and his strong military. So mm. he disobeyed God on a very fundamental level there. So again, that seems to be foolishness that he exhibited there, or just plain disobedience. Maybe we're dressing it up too much. Maybe he just stopped caring and grew apathetic. Right. Well, and speaking of, you know, just biblical people and how discernment is a common theme throughout the Bible, um, let's just say there's someone listening right now who simply wants to learn more about discernment through maybe a person's story in the Bible. Um, Where would you point them in God's Word? 
Yeah, I, I would point them to Solomon. I think the book of Proverbs has a lot to say in those early chapters. He speaks about wisdom and discernment, whatever else you get wisdom. And then you start to look for that idea of distinguishing truth mm -hmm. from error and right from wrong. And you see it all over Proverbs. I'd also point people to uh, Romans 12 which calls for the renewal of our minds, mm. uh, the transformation that we undergo as Christians, that we're meant to undergo as Christians, uh, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then also the book of Hebrews has an interesting section uh, right between chapters five and six, which I think proves the artificiality of our chapter divisions in the Bible. But mm. there's a section <laughs> that runs from 5.11 into six and seems to have a lot to say about the, the link between spiritual maturity and spiritual discernment, that as you grow in the things of the Lord, you ought to be growing as well in the ability to tell what is pleasing to the Lord and what is not. I would like to take a moment and interrupt this episode to introduce you to this week's affiliate. About a year ago, I learned about a shoe company when an Instagram friend posted about them online. I clicked over to the Root Collective, read their story, and thought, I love those Lee boots with woven fabric on the back. But it was more money than I wanted to spend. As time passed and I interviewed the Root Collective's founder, Bethany Tran, for episode 17, I realized every Root Collective shoe tells a story, and that story includes women and men in Guatemala, hand-weaving fabric, hand-making leather boots, all while being paid a fair wage. I went back and purchased the pair of the month at the time, which is always 20% off, the Floral Gabby. And friends, I am not stretching the truth when I say every time I wear them, I receive a compliment. Then I purchased the SB booty with a gorgeous brown real leather toe and a navy and white handwoven fabric on the hill. My Root Collective shoes are now my favorite shoes. I believe in their mission and I love their products, so I became an affiliate. To find out this month's pair of the month and view their entire catalog, shop graceenoughpodcast.com slash trc that's graceenoughpodcast.com backslash trc now back to this week's conversation and then in an article you had written that i was actually reading a few weeks ago you i'm going to quote something here that you wrote there are no shortcuts to gaining wisdom and discernment just look at the long list of men who have not been able to finish strong having fallen for false teachings even after many years of study and dedication Press on, never believing you have arrived, always examining your own heart and always asking God to increase your wisdom. So in this digital age where, I mean, we just often seek and receive advice, encouragement in 15 words or less, um, what would you say to the believer who is questioning if they know right from wrong, good from evil, truth from lies? Well, I think that's a good thing to admit because none of us have fully cornered the distinction between truth and evil and right from wrong. Mm. And this is a lifelong process we're involved in here. There's a lifelong battle for sanctification, for becoming holy like God is holy. God is able to perfectly distinguish truth from error and right from wrong. We are not. Mm -hmm. uh, but we trust that as we grow in the Christian life, we grow in that ability as we grow more Christ-like. And so I would call that person to commit to the long haul of Christianity. We often want more early in the Christian life than we really 
ought to think we can have. Uh, we do need to grow and mm-hmm. we ought to, to make that commitment to just bear down. But then I would also say that God gives us all we need through the Holy Spirit and through Scripture. So if we're really committed to being discerning, really committed to growing in wisdom, really committed to growing in maturity, He's given us all we need. So if we apply ourselves to mm-hmm. Scripture as we read it day by day, as we hear it in church, if we apply ourselves to uh, growing in our knowledge of God, coming to know Him better, uh, I, I think He grants us that gift. We can pray for that gift. We can pray absolutely. for discernment and probably should. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and a friend of mine, when I was asking a couple questions about discernment on the internet, she had said, you know, how do I know the difference between discerning God's will or just what he wants me to do, or that I just kind of have this, you know, suspicious type of feeling. Um, Do you have Mm -hmm. anything that you could share? I mean, you kind of touched on that already just a minute ago, but um, any way that someone can really feel affirmed in what they're hearing? Sure. Um, I I think we got to be careful when it comes to knowing and doing God's will, because a lot of Christians speak about that in a way I don't think the Bible does. And so I think there's a lot of stuff we really believe we need to to have clear revelation of God's will about, where in the end, I don't think God particularly cares in a sense. I think there's a lot of things where God just gives us uh, the, the responsibility and ability to do whatever we our hearts desire when our hearts are conformed to his will. Mm. And um, so God lays out his will in scripture, but he lays it out the same for all of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, He tells us what his will is. This is the will of God, your sanctification is one example. Mm. And so he reveals his will and he reveals it broadly to all humanity. When it comes to the specifics of his will for our lives, um, I think there's there's some things where God may clearly somehow impress upon you that you're to call to missions or called to a certain place. And I think there's lots of Christians who can say, I just knew the Lord was calling me to this area. And he confirmed that in these ways. And that's that's good. I think it's important to to pay attention to those things. But there's a lot else in the Christian life where we're just given freedom, just like mm-hmm. we as parents look to our kids and say, do what you want. I don't I don't have a, an opinion. I'm not going to stop loving you if you go this way instead of that way. If you mm-hmm. want to become a, a fireman or you want to become a pastor, I'm with you. I love you. You choose in accordance with your will and your desires and your gifting. And I don't have a particular will towards you in that way other than your joy, mm. other than your happiness. And I really think God relates to us in much that same way. So uh, I caution people against seeking, like, I need to know God's will in this area. I think just there's a lot of stuff in life we just need to do. Mm, and I God reveals that. his will once we've done it. Mm-hmm. And so I never had any clear confirmation to God that I was to marry Aileen, but I knew it was his will for me when we were married. Yeah. Now I know she's my <laughs> wife and I need to relate to her as my wife and love her as my wife. And that is God's confirmation. There's yeah. rings on both of our fingers. Yeah. And I think that's something people have asked me before. We're like, how do you know? Like, did you hear from God? And I'm like, No, I mean, God does give us a brain and I don't think that you're going to get punished. Like you said, it's not if you're a fireman, you know, God's going to strike you down because you decided to be that instead of a pastor. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it strictly goes against scripture, that's where I feel like some of the discernment comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. There's things the Bible commands us we must do and we must do those things or we're in disobedience to God. 
Mm-hmm. There's things the scripture commands us we must not do. And so we must not do those things or we're in disobedience to God. There's many more things that become matters of wisdom. What is the wisest course? What is the wisest way for me to mm-hmm. live? What is the wisest way to put my my talents and my skills and my passions and my gifting, all of that to use? That's that's great. And so you've got that that realm of right and wrong. You've got that realm of, of wisdom. And then you've got this third realm of just what do I want to do? If it, if it passes the right from wrong test, neither one of these options is right or wrong, clearly forbidden or commanded by God. Neither one of these seems that much wiser than the other. Then just do what you want to do and trust that God's with you. God is Father. He's our Father. He's not out to get us. He's out to, mm-hmm. to support us, to love us, to carry us through this life. So he's delighted in what delights us. Mm, I love that. It's a very freeing way to relate to God, a very freeing way to, to live the Christian life, rather than being always captivated by doubts and concerns that somehow I've I've contravened God's will. So now he's going to hammer me back into place until I become a fireman. He's just going to keep dishing out the bummers to me. Yeah. I don't think that's the way he works. There's no indication in scripture that's the way he works. Absolutely. And I mean, when it's, when Jesus says, like, I am with you till the end of the age, it's like if we could just constantly remind ourselves of that, he's not abandoning us depending upon our decision making in certain, you know, areas. He's not abandoning us even if we disobey. Now we may face consequences of disobedience, mm-hmm. but that's yep. not the same as abandonment. It's like I love that picture of a parent. Because yeah, we may make our children face consequences for disobedience, but again, we're not just setting them out on the side of the road and saying sorry until you go the opposite direction. We're having nothing to do with you. Right. Yeah, you think of Jonah in scripture. God gave him clear revelation which Jonah clearly disobeyed. Mm -hmm. I think we can make a lot more things in life like Jonah rather than a better example, just somebody who is doing God's will and living life with freedom. Mm, I do love that. Well, yeah, so if someone is right now, just to summarize, let's say they're sitting out there and they're, I don't know, in a really difficult situation and just really trying to discern. I don't know. I don't want to give a specific example per se, but... Do you have just a general like step by step? I mean, I know there's no quick answer, but someone who may just be wanting to grow in that discernment, you know, like the first thing being you've got to be in God's word to discern what God wants you to do. That's one Mm -hmm. of the first things I would say. Is there anything else for someone who's just really, really struggling to understand how to receive discernment? Well, if you want to do anyone's will, you need to know that person. Mm. So if you're if you're in the workforce and you're responsible to somebody else, you need to know that person. If you're the aide or you're the assistant or something, the better you know that person, the more you can anticipate and do that person's will. And mm. uh, maybe the Christian life isn't that much different. We're responsible to do the will of God. And the more we know God, the greater confidence we can have that we're doing his will. And the longer you go, the less you have to really bear down and think about it. Just because you know God, you know what he's like, you know his character, you know what's consistent with him, with his will. Um, so there are times in life where we need to really bear down and think and pray through situations. But hopefully as time goes on, some of that becomes almost intuitive. I don't want to be trite about it, but I think one of the great encouragements in the Christian life is when you have this realization that I did the right thing without having to think about it. I just, Mm. I know God well enough now that I've got this instinct now, this growing instinct now toward obedience rather than disobedience. I just want to do the will of God and I'm increasingly able to do the will of God. Mm. So 
so yeah, absolutely know God and know him well. And the way to know him is through the spirit, through the word. And so the Holy Spirit dwells within us. He helps us know and understand God through his word. So commit yourself to prayerfully studying the word of God, prayerfully listening to the word of God, Mm -hmm. um, be in church, hear the preaching, be in the word on your own, be in the word as a family, get to know God. Mm. So, so true. Thank you so much. Well, we typically close out the show. It's not so much about discernment, but just to learn a little bit more about you, because this is podcast just about God's unmerited favor. What's an area in your life or a time in your life when you feel like you've really had to rely on the grace of God? Yeah, I I think, well, obviously in salvation, I think Mm -hmm. growing up in a a Christian home, um, having to to, to think a lot about whether I really believed what was true or whether I was really a Christian, whether I was just following along behind my parents. So yeah. I think there's a clear understanding of God's grace there, but maybe more recently just going through some health challenges and having to rely on the character of God and mm. um, in the, the difficult moments that can come with situations like that, just to be able to think, okay, what's true of God in this situation? And uh, what does God promise me is always true? What does God say about himself? And then will I believe that in the moment or will I doubt that? So I think that's been very interesting and, and very helpful. And I think that's probably part of what God has been up to in, in the midst of it is just, am I going to take God at his word? Yeah. Well, if you had the opportunity to sit down with your great grandchildren, what is some wisdom that you would like to share with them? <laughs> I think the great challenge for Christians of every age, I see it particularly in this age, but I'm sure it's always been true, is just will I essentially wager everything on the Bible, that the Bible's true? Mm. Will I just believe and really prove my belief that this really does lead to the life God wants me to live, Mm. that that if I bank everything on the Bible, that I'll be living the kind of life that's approved by God— uh, the kind of life that that God tells me to live. Yeah. And as Christians, there's always temptations to live our own way, to live the world's way. But it's, it's what I'm telling my children now and what I hope to tell my grandchildren. Mm. Just just go all in with the Bible. Just trust it all the way. Follow it all the way. Take God at his word. He'll prove himself in this life and certainly in the next. That was the wise decision. That was the right course. And he'll he'll bless that. Mm, I love that, Tim. And that is exactly the answer that I would share. People have asked me before, and I'm like, I would tell them to dive into God's word and ask him to show them that it's true. And Mm -hmm. I promise you, if you do that, you will see that it is. And so I love that. Well, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Resources, links, and quotes from today's conversation can be found at graceenoughpodcast.com under the show notes tab. If you are enjoying the show, I would like to ask you a few favors. Number one, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. Number two, if you enjoy the show, Would you take a moment to leave a review on iTunes? Those reviews help me to know how the show is impacting you. And number three, the best way to grow is for people like you to share it with your friends. Will you share your favorite Grace Enough podcast episode via text, email, or social media? Again, I'm so grateful for each one of you who listen week in and week out. Thank you for listening to 
Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.